Well, yeah. Woke up Monday morning and all hell broke loose like the second my eyes opened. And I think uh, I think we can absolutely categorically state that we have not seen this kind of chaos since the Mike Harris days. And it is only the beginning. And you got to wonder, you know, if this were not Doug Ford doing this, would we even be talking about it? I think, you know, we know the answer. Well, if this were Doug Ford, there's a number of reasons we wouldn't be talking about it. But again, he wouldn't have had to use it because, you know, nothing would have changed. But for the first time, the leader of the opposition and her party, you know, also historic, they got tossed out of the legislature for bad behavior. And I think this is going to be the way they fight this thing. You know, stomp their feet, raise their hands and, you know, give them hell. Is it the right strategy? Alan Carter sat down with Ms. Horvath and we'll talk about Doug Ford on his show this week. He joins me now. Alan, it's a it's been a, like literally one of the most insane weeks I recall in politics. You ever I mean, you covered politics pretty much longer than I know of anybody. You ever seen it like this other than Mike Harris? <laughs> you know, how many times do you think we've said precisely that thing in 2018 about Ontario politics? I know. It, it's it, it just one after another. But you're right. This week, this week went beyond Ontario. This week, there was, you know, it, it became a Canadian uh, constitutional issue. Yeah, and, and look, I think people have kind of dug in on their politics. You, there's a hundred different opinions on this. I mean, this debate's going to go on for a while, but there's no question... It has created a, a, a huge distraction. And whether Ford is right or not, this becomes problematic for him because it becomes the narrative. So he might be doing a lot of other things right now because they do have other ministers, but this is the only thing getting attention. Well, and it's not it's getting attention for a lot of reasons, because it's historic, because it is a significant move away from what any politician, any premier or prime minister has ever said publicly in terms of what what they believe their mandate entitles them to do. We have heard the premier say things that we've not heard from any other politician, and I think it changes the game. I'm not coming down on one side or the other. I think there's a great deal of people, great many people, who like to hear that there's a champion who says, no, elected politicians make policy, um, judges don't. But Wherever you fall on the spectrum of agreeing or disagreeing with that, Mr. Ford, the premier, has made himself now a lightning rod yeah. on that issue. He has, and he has said, he has not said either way if he would do it again. He is getting applauded. It depends really where you are, because there are a number of premiers who have said, yes, he's okay to use it. He should use it. It's getting too hard to get things done in politics because of all this kind of going around uh, the policy by going to the courts and the activism and all the rest of it. Um, but again, it's going to be a, a very long four years if this is the way it's going to go. Well, the premier has not helped himself if, if, in case, if in fact he wants to be seen as the champion of elected representatives triumphing over appointed judges, mm. he undermines his own case repeatedly by going on the attack against downtown NDP counselors who can't keep a job. Right. But he does, you know, I, I let people call in on this and, and it was it was 100% were in favor of what he's doing from out, certainly outside of Toronto. They are like, thank God someone's finally reigning these things. I think it plays differently. If you're in downtown Toronto, you're going to see it one way. But outside, I don't know if they're looking at it the same way as this. 
Well, I think you're right, but aren't there two issues here? And, and the Ford government is quick to try and conflate the two. When asked why possibly would they invoke this controversial clause that has never been used before, they say, well, because Toronto City Council is dysfunctional. Well, wait a Which second. It is. That's, <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. You know that's not mm. the point. Nobody is arguing the province's right to amend the size of city councils. The city of Toronto is a creation of the province. But that was not the basis of the court challenge. It was about timing. It was about the way that it's been done has, according to the judge, denied people their charter rights. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's a lot of arguments to be made whether he went too far. I do think it'll be turned over and appealed, although I didn't think it would even go this way. So, I mean, that was the start of Monday. But a lot has happened in five days. We have seen different sides of different politics. So what are you hearing in the background as far as chatter? Uh, does he have, uh, you know, unanimous support in caucus? That, what we've heard is that in the early going, there were some concerns and that there were some people that had to be brought on side, but that once they would made the decision to do it, that everybody's on board. I specifically asked Deputy Premier Christine Elliott on Thursday, was she comfortable uh, serving under a premier who has said that he would not hesitate to use it again in a future circumstance to get his agenda enacted? And she kind of paused and said, well, if he wants to use it again, then he'll have to come and discuss it with us, and we'll discuss it at that time, but that's a future issue. Right now we're dealing with this and this alone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you read between the lines there, I think there is some hesitation, there's some concern that he may want to continue in this vein by ruling, by wrapping everything in this clause. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not that... Um... I don't, I don't see him going that route. I do, however, see a lot more court cases coming in, you know, people trying to kind of derail the agenda, uh, do, you know, keeping keeping him on his toes of, of challenging everything. The other side of this, though, is Andrea Horvath and the role of the opposition, which got turfed out for the first, I think that's the first, isn't it? Well, people have been turfed. I don't know if I've ever seen an entire caucus let out like that before. Yeah, she... she... <laughs> You talk to her, correct? She's going to be on the show on Sunday. What is she saying? Well, she uses terms like tyranny <laughs> and uh, uh, dictatorial. Yeah. Um, and when she said that, she said in our interview that the premier was acting like he was the king and not an elected premier. And I said, well, aren't those kind of inflammatory terms to be throwing around? And she said, well, I, you know, that's the way I feel. That's the way a lot of people in Toronto feel. A lot of the way people in a lot of the country feel, that they're inflamed by what is happening. I think the difficulty is, is that, you know, and I, I kind of relate back to the, you know, the beginning of the Trump administration. If we're going to be outraged at absolutely everything, yeah. then, you know, what's going to be left in a couple of years? Well, well exactly. And, and you know, if it, I guess at some point, we're going to have to start covering other things because it becomes a political game on all sides, whether it's the protesters, it's the unions, it's the opposition or it's the Tories. It just gets caught in this kind of echo chamber of fighting and it really distracts from what is needed. I mean, NAFTA is hanging by a thread, which if that deal collapses, we will not ever be worrying about, you know, uh, notwithstanding clauses. because It'll be a distant memory. People will be freaked out. Well, you're absolutely right, but 
I think for the critics of the premier, the question then is why? And I don't think any of us has heard from the premier an adequate or a believable answer about why this is so absolutely necessary at this time. This is the, they can do this, and they can get it done in time for the next election. But it seems that the premier, for whatever reason, wants this done immediately. Okay, so let me be the devil's advocate here. Here's my theory. He did it now because I think we all know that if he had done it after the election, the, the, the same people that we're hearing from now, you know, calling it a declaration of war and et cetera, they would find a way to keep this thing railroaded. I don't think he would have gotten it through. I really don't. What, so you're suggesting that with more time... I think it would have just and more been dragged out. Yeah. That, that, that this would be overturned anyway? I, mean, I just I, think they would have made it impossible for him to do, whether they challenge it, charter, whatever. They could have, you know, inevitably, he is the boss, and he can call the shots. He could have had this passed, no. you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. He has the power to do so. The power that he does not have, or at least the judge says that he should not have, is to do so when the game is already afoot, when the election is already underway. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. But uh, just before I let you go, Miss Horvath, did she give you any sense of the strategy moving forward? Or are we going to just continue? Are we going to see the same stomping of the feet and the desks and and kind of the, you know, shut part, shut uh, the legislature down? Well, I, you know, you asked that, and they say they're going to just, just as, as uh, Premier Ford said, he will use every legislative tool in his toolbox to pass his agenda. The opposition says it's going to use every tool it has to try and knock it off course. I mean, that's the role of the, yeah. uh, of the opposition, certainly. But in this particular case, I think it's escalated, and I think that the NDP really sense blood in the water here on this rights issue. And you're going to see them try and make as much noise as they can all weekend long and all <laughs> Yeah, she cannot be happy that she's working tomorrow. <laughs> uh. All right, it is on Sunday. We will watch, and I thank you for joining us. Thanks for, for having me on, Alex. That is Alan Carter. You can catch him on Global News as our anchor, of course, of the 5.30 and 6 o'clock news. He also hosts Focus Ontario, which you can catch Sunday at 11. I think he's going to have a busy season. It's nonstop politics. It's just I've never seen a cycle like this.